Hello, welcome to Deserve Speaks. Hey folks, welcome back to Deserve Speaks. We've made it to part two of The Hero's Journey by Chauncey McGlathery. Sit back, grab you a pen, a piece of paper, and enjoy. He's about to give us some tools and some steps and some, uh, some methods to apply. I really pray that you guys enjoy. This is some good stuff. I started you off by sharing my story. It's how I identify myself with a character found in popular media described as the hero. Just as the hero in every popular film takes over a story and discovers the challenge, that's what I've learned to do. And I want to help you do the same. I want to awaken you to that hero inside of you. I'm going to give you five lessons, five life principles to help you remain awake to the idea that whatever is happening to you is a part of a larger narrative that has already been written. We'll start out with a question brought on by my story, and that's the story and journey of the hero. And then we'll use the hero's wisdom to shift our perspective from the victim to the victor. Then we'll take a couple of seconds and we'll breathe it in and we'll extract a lesson, a charge, a challenge that we can use in our everyday lives so that we can keep our focus toward the goal of winning. Is that okay? All right, here we go. Question one, what do you do when your higher power doesn't show up for you? In other words, whether it's prayer or meditation or performance, how do you respond when the strategy or practices that have served you for a time seem to fall short? Or the prayers you pray seem to not go beyond the ceiling? Here's the shift. Here's a view from the hero's journey. From the hero, we learn that the one who is willing to confront chaos and evolve as disruption demands, he's also the one most likely to find wholeness while the world around him remains in chaos. Do not take what has changed in your circumstances as evidence that something has changed or something is wrong with your belief system. What happens with the hero when, when the old rules no longer applies is that the hero has find themselves in a place where they're about to be promoted or elevated to a higher skill level. This elevation cannot happen in the old place. So you must change your view, your orientation, your expectation, and your preparation. You've got to upgrade. You've got to level up in order to thrive in this new place, on this new assignment that's about to be revealed. In other words, there is a disruption coming at you that you're not prepared to handle. So rather than send you into battle as an amateur, you are being directed into a deeper place. Some may even call this place your soul. Your new purpose is to change your paradigm to prepare to engage in a different kind of battle. Now, I've just said a lot, so let's sit with this for a second before we conclude with our first lesson. Let's take a deep breath, hold it in, and let it go. Good? All right. So in conclusion, our first lesson to you from the hero 
is take your shoes off. Stop thinking that you know everything. What you knew served you for where you were, but you weren't engaged an enemy worthy of your skill level. So you're being promoted to a place where what you considered mastery is only basic at this level. All the rules are changing. All the methods are changing. So the way we're gonna remember that is by remembering to take off our shoes. That's it. That's the first lesson. One down, four to go. Here's the second. There is a dragon in your future. There is something coming that will challenge you in a way that you've never been challenged before. If you have not upgraded, you will be tempted to fear this dragon. This is where your anxiety comes in. Here's question two. What do you do with the stress? How do you manage the anxiety? You don't believe you have the skill to challenge your fear, so instead of engaging as you were made to, you hide from it, and your relationships suffer, and your projects suffer, and your work suffers, and you can't sleep, and either you don't eat enough or you eat too much. You don't exercise, you don't pray, you don't meditate, you don't do anything. You're stuck. Here's the perspective of the hero. Even though you've been unaware, deposited inside you since before the foundation of the, of the world are the tools you need in order to fight. You have within your person everything you need to win every battle that's coming your way. But if you are afraid of it, not only are you missing the joy of winning, you're a false testimony of the hero. There are witnesses watching you negotiate your challenges. And if you forfeit your growth opportunities, those who should be inspired by you will instead be discouraged. There I go again, I said a lot. So we're gonna sit for a second, breathe that in, take a deep breath, hold it for a second. Nice hell. Okay, so in conclusion, our second lesson from the hero is this. Until you learn to be king of your circumstances, be kind to yourself. First lesson, take off your shoes. Second lesson, be kind to yourself. Here we go to the third. Question three, how are you responding to what has recently happened to you? And how are you preparing for what's about to come? So you've been in a pandemic. You've been threatened with losing your job or your house or your relationships or your social network or all of the above. And you are depressed. You begin to think that nothing is worth the pain you're experiencing right now. You're about to throw in the towel and give it all up. Here is the hero's perspective. In between the calling to separate from the old way and the victory of defeating the dragon or the fears that stand in front of you, it's process. You don't get from the beginner level to mastery level without a process. So once you wake up and realize that there is a plan, there's a destiny, there's a vision for your success, for your happiness, for your contentment, for your fulfillment, for your purpose, you have to engage in the process that will allow your body, mind, and spirit to grow to the place where your soul has been the entire time. Bottom line, you have some training to do. You got some work to do. You're out of shape and it shows. Now, sit with that. Breathe into that. So, the conclusion of this third lesson is this. Reclaim your time. Commit to your own discipline of getting in shape. It's a threefold process, right? That's your body, your mind, and your spirit. 
Depending on your belief system, there are literally thousands of models of how this can happen for you. What do I do? I exercise, I meditate, I contemplate, I communicate, I celebrate, I consecrate, I create, and I animate. First lesson, take off your shoes. Second lesson, be kind to yourself. Third lesson, reclaim your time. Only got two more and we're done. Here we go to the fourth. When David arrives on the scene to bring his brother's lunch, there's all this tension in the air. And King Saul and all of his soldiers, including David's brothers, are paralyzed in fear because they can't get Goliath's voice out of their head. Here's question four. How do you pull your energy back from the chaos and the distractions? Now, David could have fallen into the same fear, anxiety, depression, or paralysis that everybody else was dealing with. But because he had already, one, taken off his shoes and tended sheep, even though he'd been anointed by God, right, waiting for his opportunity. And two, David had already been kind to himself because after he was anointed, he didn't get all frustrated or bothered about not being able to immediately ascend to the throne as he knew he was supposed to do. He was kind and patient with himself, and he went right back into the process that God had designed for his training and personal growth and development. When his brothers or his friends would go out and get drunk off the power and the rank and lose themselves in the trapping of the material world, David got quiet. David got focused. David got comfortable embracing everything about his circumstances, even when they contradicted what he already knew about his destiny. So let's sit with that. Let's breathe into that, and let's wrap that. So the conclusion of the fourth lesson is this. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Take the time to surround yourself with whatever makes you happy. Don't be so busy that you forget to listen to your soul. In other words, dedicate a portion of every day to sitting in silence. No TV, no Facebook, no Instagram, no messaging, no texting, no cleaning. Just stop and give your soul the chance to communicate truth because everything you spend your time on is not for your good. Not everybody you spend your time with has your best interests at heart. Not every job or opportunity is going to put you in the position you need to occupy in order to be ready for what's coming. But if you don't stop and pay attention, if you don't yield to whatever you know in your gut to be true, you're gonna be out of position, out of place, and you're gonna lose battles that you were destined to win. Can you hear me now? All right. First lesson, take off your shoes. Second lesson, be kind to yourself. Third lesson, reclaim your time. Fourth lesson, invest in yourself. Finally, let's finish this up and get to lesson five. Now, this is a trick question, so be careful. Here's question five. How do you stay positive in a negative world? This year, 2020 has been more disruptive, more disruptive than anything any one of us could have predicted. It would have been easy at any point this year to lose all hope, all faith, all belief in anything and everything good. It seemed as if the devil had figured out how to take over the angels on earth, just like he did in heaven. 
as you sit there watching me or listening to me, you may be one of those people who's just about given up completely because nothing good has happened to you in a long time. And every time you get news, it's bad news. The short answer to the question of how you stay positive is this. You don't. You can't. It's impossible. It's crazy things happening and you're skipping around like all is well. You've disconnected from reality. Pull your head out of the sand and see what's happening. I could go on, but I'm not. But I'm so sick of this toxic theology that says you've got to be positive all the time. Where do they do that at? Not on earth. Rejoice with those rejoice. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's what Paul said. And that's only human. To do anything else would be ridiculous. Here's the hero's perspective. This isn't the first time our world has seen hopelessness. This is just the now time. We've been here before. We've lost it all before. We've had everything we own taken away from us before. We've had our children, our parents, our wives, our husbands, our, lang our land, our language, our culture, our dream, our religion, our dignity, and even our humanity stripped away from us by lesser cowardly men. But something deep on the inside of us wouldn't let us give up. Something unseen by doctors looking at an x-ray, something unread by scholars, something unheard by engineers listening to every sound on earth. There's something. There is someone. There's a consciousness outside of our experience that is unfazed, unbothered, undeterred by the foolishness, the brutality, the wickedness in high places. And just like what has happened, even in our national government, when God says time's up, guess what? It don't matter who's standing. When the music stops, that's it. Game over. That's when it's over. But not until he says so. In the meantime, we have to figure out how to discover our inner worth and listen to our inner wisdom. Find the whisper in your soul, in your consciousness. Find a yes whenever we're called to engage in a battle. Now, let's sit with that. Let's breathe with that. And then we're going to wrap that. First lesson, take off your shoes. Second lesson, be kind to yourself. Third lesson, reclaim your time. Fourth lesson, invest in yourself. And here's the fifth and final lesson from the hero's journey. Here we learn that when traditional institutions and approaches fail, it is the belief-grounded individual who is likely to thrive. From the disruption or dragon, we learn that confronting what what confronts us, what scares us the most, teaches us our greatest lesson. And finally, from the resurrection, we learn that when your world falls apart and you find yourself somewhere new, that new place is surrounded by opportunity that will bring you everything you need, not only to survive, but to thrive. But until then, in the meantime, you've got to know beyond knowing. You've got to find belief in a miracle. Fifth lesson, satisfy your soul. For me, it looks like this. I go back to the writings of the hero, the sacred text that I discovered in that old country church on Indian Creek Road. I close my eyes and I can hear the deacons praying. I can hear the mother shouting. I can hear the choir singing. Time is filled with swift transition. None on earth unmoved can stand. 
Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Can I get an amen? Check this out. People get caught up on the who and the what of God. They spend years wondering who is God and what is God. If that makes you happy, do that. But the point is not the who or the what. Because at the end of the day, if we could figure it out, he wouldn't have had to work it out. Whatever God is, it is outside of our knowing. It's a mystery and a wonder, a flaw in Western culture and thought. Actually, the most important part is not the who or the what, but the isness of God. And that's the essence of belief, to become comfortable not only in what you know, but what you can't know and what you'll never know. But you can still yet hope. If we have it, why do we yet hope for it? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Here's a thought instead. Focus on flow. I don't know about you, but recently I haven't been able to write as much as I normally would. But my creativity, my ideas, my vision have continued to develop at an even faster pace than normal. I think that's because by not having to write every moment write every new lesson down, I'm not slowing down my learning process by trying to record every thought. But I'm living in the moment. I'm relaxing and trusting and resting to know that the revolution, the revelation of God can come to me. I'm not the author. God is. He never sleeps or slumbers. Now advocating for other individuals who are managing chronic illness, I've come to learn that whatever trauma we experience in life, directly or indirectly, remains dormant in our bodies until it is triggered by some kind of disruption. This disruption must awaken all of the trauma that is asleep in our bodies, just as the hero must awaken the dragon inside the castle. And from the hero's story, we know, when that dragon is stirred, fear floods the castle, with tepid water carrying decaying bodies of memories throughout our consciousness. In defense of all of my therapists, social workers, peer mentors, psychiatrists, and counselors who base their work on the theories of that non-believing Freud, I get it. There was a time when Freud was cutting edge in the field. And once you're trained one way in something, who's trying to go beyond that? But in 2020, we can no longer afford to stop with Freud. It doesn't go far enough. We need a methodology that goes deeper because that's where our wounds are. We must go beyond the ego into the soul. We've got to leave the safety of the status quo and be willing to dive into the water after those we care for who are in the midst of disruption in a state of chaos. That's where I was in 2016. And that's where almost all of my peers are in 2020. Jordan Peterson describes disruption as chaos. From this description, we know that disruption is the event or sequence of events that kicks you far out of the status quo, out of the safety, so that you can't predict from moment to moment or from day to day what's going to happen. Whether it's police brutality or hopelessness, in the midst of a racist government response to a global pandemic, the typical condition of existence for black men in the American South is chaos. However, with Peterson's help, we discover a pattern for the hero that has been extrapolated from sacred scripture and projected into popular media that we call the hero's journey. This journey takes the hero 
from order into chaos and into a confrontation with the dragon for a fight to the death until the resurrection of the body or identity and then back home with the prize of redemption. Using these lessons, we can tap into our own memory of health and wellness at the core of every belief system in the universe. The more we are willing to see others in this healthcare work as we see ourselves, the more understanding and wisdom we find, not only to help our peers, but also to help ourselves remain in a state of wholeness. I now accept that just as disruption awakens trauma, a proper response to disruption awakens healing. And I believe from my experience, first as a patient, then as a healthcare worker and advocate, that regardless of who you are or where you're from, what you've done or what has happened to you, wholeness is a reality within your reach. But believing is a necessary part of the discovery process. My joy in discovery is encapsulated in this post I found on my timeline the other day. This is what it said. Sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like and learn to find joy in the story you're actually living. I call this acceptance. My being, my worth. I no longer base my judgment on whether I've had a good day or bad day on my accomplishments, what I achieved or what I didn't. Now I base my value on how aware I was, how present I was, how conscious I was. What did I hear today for the first time? What did I learn? That's what I actually hope I can accomplish by writing my book, Deliver Yourself From Evil. I hope that others can apply this same principle for themselves. I realize I can't be healthy alone. I can't move, I can't breathe, I can't live in this world without everybody and everything created contributing to my existence on a regular and daily basis. Now, I have more joy. Oh, God, yes. But even deeper than joy. Not only do I have more joy, I have more me. I'm more myself than I ever thought I could be. I'm more present. I talk and introduce myself and engage with people sincerely. And it's because I am truly interested to discover not our differences or distinctions, but whatever, we, whatever we're made of that's the same. So I find gems every day and every experience. In fact, in my previous life, I was the gem. Now everywhere I go, everywhere I look, I find gems. So from a value and life perspective, giving myself away, I end up with more than I had before. Anyone who would dare to apply these principles of deliverance discussed in this book will get more out of life than they ever anticipated. If you're anything like I was, you're an island, a one-man show, good all by yourself. But this instruction will help you realize that you can move the way you want to in isolation. You're not wired for it. Someone who follows these practices will realize that we are not meant to live separately from everyone else. We're all connected, inherently and eternally. Now, I wouldn't just say that you'll have more joy, although truer words couldn't be spoken. You'll have something even deeper than joy. You'll have more of you. You know what I mean? There'll be more of you in everything. You'll be more present. You'll introduce yourself and engage with people with a true interest to discover what it is we're made of that is the same. So you'll find gems everywhere you look, every day and in every experience. The book will be available for purchase next month. I'm excited. We're all celebrating over here. Finally, 
Accepting my healing and leading others into wholeness has awakened the hero inside of me. Now I trust the hero's journey to lead me first into wars with unknown dragons, but then into unguessed possibilities of health and wellness. And here, in the year 2020, whether you believe me or not, we should be willing to try what we haven't considered in order to help people who are dealing with what we never conceived. For no man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the man. Thank you. hope you guys really enjoyed today's session. The Hero's Journey Part 2 featuring Chauncey McGlathry. Mm. There was some good information in there. Make sure that you listen to this a few times. This one and the previous episode. You definitely want to listen to those a few times. Get all of those notes. Also, while I have you, take a moment and visit IDeserve.net. That's ideserve.net, I-D-E-S-E-R-V-E dot net, okay? That website's going to be in the description box. You want to go ahead and visit there and register for Deserve 2022. Go ahead and register for it, okay? Tons of information waiting on you. Remember to dream, speak, and receive victory. I love you guys for real. Bye-bye.